The Swain Event Podcast is brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. There are over 100 million pieces of litter on our beautiful Tennessee roadways, and TDOT spends $19 million a year picking it up. Join the Nobody Trashes Tennessee movement at nobodytrashestennessee.com. Brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. Touchdown turnover back by Alcoa 10, Federal Credit Union, a place where you belong, better rates, and better service. Javante Payton was our newbie on Tennessee Prime last night. But he is not a newbie to the end zone. That's for sure. Because he is good for a touchdown at least once a game. Now, what happens after the touchdown? Listen, that's something that he's going to have to have to explain. 14 catches this year, six of them touchdowns. 14 catches, six of them touchdowns. What I like to see from Javante is, is more of a complete game. I know he probably wants to see that too. And some of that may be out of his control. But I, I'm just saying that's what I would like to see. Touchdown turnover, Javante scores this weekend against Georgia at home, homecoming against the number one team in the country, number one defense in the country. Does Javante Payton score his seventh touchdown of the season, touchdown turnover? I don't know. I can't see into the future. Um, hmm. Somebody got to score. Do you think it's going to be Javante? This is true. I what, hope somebody scores. What, what prediction do I want to make? I, I think Tennessee is going to put some points on the board. They, they take too many shots not to, to put up some points on the board. The question is going to be, the question is, how many points will Tennessee put up? And the question that I've kind of been asking this week is, can Tennessee reach 20? Because if, if it can reach 20 and Georgia's offense just doesn't go berserk on Tennessee's defense, then I, I think Tennessee – has a chance to, to win this win this game and pull off the upset if it can get to 20 and not allow the Georgia offense to go berserk. Uh, and not necessarily get to 20, but get over 20. Like that, the 20, 24-ish range. If, if they can get to there, then then I think that they've got a chance again as long as the, the Georgia offense doesn't go berserk. So uh, that that's the question I've been asking. Uh, does, does Tennessee get to... 24 and right now as of Wednesday I feel comfortable saying that they're going to get to 17-ish and flirt with that 20 mark but I I haven't really been convicted to say that that they're going to get over the the 20 point mark so obviously if they're getting to to 17-ish like I think that they are then somebody's going to have to score as, as you mentioned and I'll say I'll say touchdown. I, I and I think it'll be very similar to the Florida one because again, I, I think this offense is is going to take shots, and I I, I worry about the trenches for Tennessee offensively, and, and Jordan Davis <laughs> matched up with the interior of the line, and it's not just Jordan Davis either. I mean that that entire Georgia defensive line just has freakos I mean they are legit freaks and they have so many of them Trayvon Walker Devontae Wyatt 
Tramiel, Wow Thor, Jalen Carter, Zion Logue, Nazir Stackhouse, Warren Brinson. I mean, this list goes on and on. But although I worry about the trenches, I, I, I don't worry about Tennessee's matchup between the receivers and Georgia's secondary. I, I think there's going to be plays to be made. Georgia's secondary isn't what Kentucky's secondary is. Not trying to communicate that at all. But I, I do think that Tennessee is going to win some matchups in the secondary. And I think Peyton can get loose, get open early in the game like he did against Florida and like he has done other times this season. And I'll, I'll say touchdown. Hendon Hooker finds Javante Payton for a touchdown. There's also been other plays in the end zone. I can think of two off the top of my head where Payton should have had a touchdown. Missouri. In the end zone already. Hey, Missouri. Where, where he dropped some in the end zone. They, they weren't deep balls. Tennessee was in the red zone, I believe, when, when the throws were made, and he, he, he should have had two extra touchdowns. So I'll say touchdown. I, I say Javante Payton scores. 14 catches on the season, six touchdowns. I'm going touchdown just off that alone. I think he scores. I think he scores. Uh, 865-255-03. Touchdown turnover. Tennessee gets to 20 points. I go touchdown. I lean. I lean touchdown. Yeah, I go, I go touchdown. Don't feel I, confident in it though. Yeah, I would go touchdown on that. I mean, the most Georgia's given up was thirteen, and uh, I, I feel like we can we can add a seven in just because of our tempo being something that Georgia has not seen all season long. So, um, you know, still doesn't mean that that. Tennessee was going to cover or win the game. And you can still score 20 and they can bust you up for 41 uh, and still win and cover. But in terms of just offense, yeah, I'm willing to say that. Uh, Here's a good Big Orange, uh, one, two, three, a good one from Big Orange, one, two, three. And Copeville. It says, uh, will Kirby flop to get subs in? So will we see the defense fake injuries? I think so. I I don't think you are, are being very smart. If if you don't, like if if the rules are going to allow you to fake injuries and get away with it, and it does slow down an offense like Tennessee's, why would you not? I would. If I'm Kirby Smart, I would. If I'm Clark Lee at Vanderbilt, <laughs> I would. If if I'm any coach facing Tennessee on Tennessee schedule, I would have my defensive players fake injuries to slow down the tempo because I can get away with it. If I'm Clark Lee, man, I'm making my kids drink sodas all week long. <laughs> Put that Gatorade and water down. Sodas. I want to make sure everybody's cramping up for the Tennessee <laughs> game. We got to make it look real. Um, Caleb Tremblay tried to pull off a, a cramp against Kentucky, and it was comical. <sighs> walking like he was walking through the mall when he got up, to back to the sideline. Caleb Tremblay, by the way, played his best game against Kentucky and and fake Tony Basilio it's because I like to show my work that's why it takes me an hour-long dialogue and quite frankly because I can until Swain tells me not to I'm going to keep doing it too <laughs> uh, I was about to hit you with the uh, I was about to land the plane on you but it's not plugged in right now. I just I just show my work better than everybody else <laughs> that's right hey that's right too uh Jamestown Russ says I don't see a score much we won't be able to run against them and they will tee off on Hooker. Plus, I don't trust our backs to pick up a blitz. 
Hey, man, that is a fair, 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 fair assessment. It really is. I can see that being a problem, too. Joe Vall says, hey, guys, who has the best offense Georgia has faced? Probably ours. What about to this point? To this point, yeah. No, like before the Tennessee game, who's the best offense Georgia has faced? Oh. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's not Clemson's. No, that offense is trash. Not Florida. No, not not when they played them. No. You know, they played them early in the season. You know, if they played them second week of the season, third week of the season, then it would be them. But right now, no. Not UAB. Nope. Not South Carolina. Nope. Not Vanderbilt. It, Arkansas? Not Kentucky. It's Auburn. I mean, uh, yeah, Arkansas or Auburn, and I would go Arkansas over Auburn. So I'd say Arkansas. Yeah, I'll say Arkansas because at the time, Arkansas's offense was, was playing pretty well. Arkansas was undefeated going yeah. into that game. I would say Arkansas. I, I, I think Arkansas has the best personnel out of the teams that, that they have faced to this point as as well have some big time playmakers at receiver at, at running back good offensive line i like kj jefferson yeah i would say i would say arkansas it's probably their best best offense that they have they have played but that will change this week i do agree with you i think tennessee's offense especially with the way tennessee's offense is playing right now is the best offense that that georgia will face this season in the regular season i mean They'll, they'll obviously play Alabama in the SEC championship game unless Alabama loses here down the stretch, which I guess is possible. I didn't think it was, but after watching them play against Tennessee and LSU and yeah. losing to A&M, it, it would not surprise me if, if Bama lost to, to Auburn. But Tennessee's the best offense that they'll play during the regular season. Uh, Volville says you can't compare Powell and James. They bring two different skill sets. Powell scores and James is our glue and utility guy. Well, you can when you ask him which one is better. Or which one will be better? Just because you have two different responsibilities, you still can see who's a better player. And the guy that does more typically is better. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's going to be Josiah for me. Josiah is the best all-around basketball player on the team when it comes to, to defense and, and rebounding, passing. I think he has a nice shot, even though the stats don't necessarily back that up over his career. Been, been hampered with a, a back injury early, a wrist injury last year. Ooh, I don't know. I don't know if I can say. I think I think Kennedy right now is, is the best player. but The best all-around player. Kennedy's not good on defense right now. Hey, man. He he admitted it last night. He can admit it all you want to. Can't guard on the ball right now. He a he a he a he a baller, but that's fine. Um, You got we're splitting hairs. Yeah, yeah. I'm going back to the text box. Let's see here. Fall Max says possibly some people are quick to jump on Barnes because of his dance with UCLA a few years back. He's now a top ten paid coach as a result, but his resume doesn't support it. I feel like he brought that on himself. He didn't bring y'all criticizing in the first 10 minutes of the first game of the season against UT Martin with seven new players. Like, come on now. You know what? I'm, I'm, I'm going there. I've held back long enough on this. 
I got those somebody on the bus to do it though. But don't do it. I mean, is it worth it? It's the truth. You know why Rick Barnes was, was was flirting with UCLA? Because UCLA was and and was thought of as a destination job for guys like Rick Barnes, guys that grew up watching John Wooden and and watching that program dominate and be a dynasty. That's part of it. And I find it like the folks that love to bitch about that. And I understand like in the moment, but goodness gracious, man, that let it go. Let it go. But the same people that 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 bitch about that, would you say those people are some of the same people that would fairly in this case, criticize athletic program and, and um, leadership with the athletic program. You think you think those folks were happy with the athletic program as a whole? The same people that, that criticized Rick Barnes about his flirtatious time with UCLA. I think those same people would be complaining and upset about leadership, which at the time I understand. Totally get it. Understand. Agree with a lot of it. Do you know who was in charge when Rick Barnes was the coach and when he was flirting with UCLA? Do you know who the AD was? It was Coach Former. So y'all been complaining about Coach Former being AD after, after he got the job, listen, we were all happy that he got that he got it because he's a Tennessee guy, got the job, and, and, and it's, you know, we felt that common presence. But you start to hear the rumblings. And then what ultimately came out was that Jerm Pruitt had to be fired, and he was let go as well and able to you know, walk away with a buyout and try to make it seem like, you know, he was retiring. But we know what it is, right? So, you don't think Rick's all that stuff going on? You don't think think Rick saw the direction of the athletic program? You don't think he, in his 40-plus years of coaching, you don't think he knows what it's supposed to look like? I would be flirting with UCLA, too. (laughs) Like... I would I would be listening to everybody else too. He's doing an unbelievable job. He won Coach of the Year, and his his boss is someone who's learning on the job. Like I would be questioning that too. And listen, we just keeping it real here. I ain't got time for hurt feelings. I'm trying to tell you the truth. I'm trying to be as 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 delicate as I can and respectful as I can. I really am. So don't, no reason for nobody to get the feelings hurt on this. But it just don't make sense that you crush Coach Former first time as AD, and then you also try to crush Rick Barnes for looking at UCLA. Well, if you were Rick Barnes during that time, wouldn't you not be flirting with UCLA too if you knew Coach Former was 
not adequate enough to be the AD? I just feel like you're talking out both sides of your neck here if you're one of those people. Kill Harper was hired by, by Coach Fulmer. She ecstatic. She get a chance to follow her freaking mentor and play at the place she played. That's not Rick, though. Rick is National Coach of the Year, one of the most respected coaches in the country. I don't know who else is. That's a, that's a head coach at the University of Tennessee when Coach Fulmer was a coach, was getting calls from other programs that could have been considered a step up or a lateral move. But no one else is leaving. No one else had that opportunity. So, like, I get it. Rick shouldn't have said that if, he, if, if the money was good, he would have left. I get that. I understand how I rub people wrong. I understand that. But let's also understand why he was looking Outside of just the UCLA program, you know, prestige. You can't slam former as an AD and then try to slam Rick for looking elsewhere. Because Conzo Martin left because of the AD and the support that he did not feel like he was getting. And the dumpster fire that was the Tennessee athletic program. Title IX, all the stuff with Dave, like all that stuff was going on. Like Conzo was like, man, I ain't got time for this. I ain't got time for this. I just don't think it's fair. I just don't think it's fair. Now, if you were someone that never criticized Coach Fulmer, at that during that time until now, and you and you know, like I understand why you would you know look at look at Rick and still hold that against him. That one comment, I'm not doing it. But if you're someone that was criticizing Coach Former's AD, but also criticizing Rick and still holding on to it, it's like, come on, man, what would you do? What would you do in that situation? Like, put yourself in Rick Barnes' shoes. What would you do in that situation if you knew what was going on and you knew that Coach was learning on the job? Come on now. And UCLA was a dream job on top of that. Yeah, like, come on now. And it's not even just the UCLA situation that that has led up to to people complaining as soon as they can about Rick Barnes. It's, in my opinion, it's it's those who clamored to to have Bruce Pearl back. It's those who were – misguided, misled about Rick not being able to recruit anymore. It's it's a combination of all those things. The UCLA situation, Bruce Pearl, being old, supposedly not being able to recruit when he first got here. Oh, man. It's, Golly, it's, so- it's the, the postseason, lack of success. It, it's all those combination of things that – allow people to quickly forget all the all of the great things and joy that Rick Barnes has, has brought to Tennessee with his basketball program. Man, look what's going on right now with our athletic program. Everyone's feeling good about Tennessee football on the right path, and like every other sport is winning and competing for championships. Why create ripples? Stop creating waves. Just just relax and it's, enjoy where you are as a Tennessee sports fan right now. Like, I woke up this morning, and 
Like I had, I had a Nicolas Cage moment from Con Air. I was like, wow, no drama. But there's some folks that can't live without it. When there's none, they got to create it. And there's no drama here. Nothing to complain about. UT Martin, really? First game of the season? A bunch of new players? Really? Like it's, it's, the, the, This life of Rick is it's, it's, it's looking weird. Y'all look weird. You're, you're a constant hate for Rick Barnes. Okay. Real weird. He's a good dude that's doing a good job. And yes, he can go a little further. Golly. The, the hate. Ugh. Strange. Y'all strange. Who you want? Who you gonna go get? You, you, gonna, you gonna go stop Coach K from being going to retirement? You gonna get him? <laughs> I, I swear, some of, some of y'all root, and I... I, I don't think that it's our listeners, but it's it's the, the the folks that love the message board and crave negativity. It's it's and a, a small portion of social media, and and we we probably shouldn't even be giving this the time of day. No, I'm but ready it, to move it's on. just it's it's over the top with Rick. I, I swear, there's a, a a a more than good chunk of people who who can't wait for the first sign of a Rick Barnes basketball team to struggle so they can jump down his back. It's yep. baffling me. And Rick Barnes, I get the lack of, of postseason success. Rick Barnes is one of the best basketball coaches in the country, and Tennessee is lucky to have him. Lucky. Lucky to have him. All right, who's, who's, who's on the phone? Darrell, who's the first-time caller. Darrell, first-time caller, yes. Darrell, good morning, man. What up, Swain? What's what up, up, man? What's up? What's up, man? Bring that energy. I love it. Man, I'm on the road. You know what I'm saying? I usually try to listen to y'all every morning or whatever while I'm sitting here on this road driving. And I'm kind of mad that I ain't got no tickets to go to that. Uh, I mean, I could have got tickets to go to the Georgia game, <laughs> but I just didn't want to spend that money to be dis- – I ain't going to say disappointed because I am a, a proud fan. But I don't even want to go to that game and see a beat down. But after seeing that, that Kentucky game, that kind of gives us a little bit more faith than, you know, the past year. So, uh I have a friend that's a Georgia Bulldog, diehard fan, and I'm telling him, I'm like, dude, our offense is explosive. Mm-hmm. If we can put up some points to hang with Georgia, that might be a good game, and I'm looking for really an upset. I just wanted to know what y'all, y'all, y'all chances is that, y'all thoughts is that. Well, I mean, for me, I, I think the, the chances are, are slim, but I don't think that you can sit here and say that Georgia – uh, there's no way they can't lose. I mean, I, I think if Georgia plays their best game, Tennessee plays their best game, Georgia's going to win. It's going to take them to not play their best game. It's going to take them um, to, to turn the football over and for us to create um, some turnovers. It's not a situation where, you know, the, the only way we're going to make make plays if, if Georgia just falls down and, you know, gets a cramp and get hurt. No, you force the other team into mistakes because of what you do well. Um, so if we can – we can force Georgia into to some mistakes, um, do some new things that they're not they're not you know used to seeing. Uh, I'm pretty sure they've seen some things on film that they feel like they can execute against Georgia that other teams tried, but they were unsuccessful. Maybe we do it a little bit differently, but try to exploit the same same weakness. Maybe it's on the outside. So no, I'm not gonna sit here and 
and, and lie to you and feel like, you know, Tennessee should win this game like I felt last week. Even though Kentucky was ranked, I feel like Tennessee sh- should win the game. I don't feel that way this week. But I do think Tennessee presents some different challenges for Georgia that they have not um, seen this year. It's a home game. Anything can happen. Georgia has not played an offense like Tennessee, but Georgia is supposed to win this game. You look at their depth. You look at their talent. Uh, you look how they're constructed. You look at our weakness. Our weakness is their biggest strength, and that scares the crap out of me. <laughs> yeah, you know, it scares the crap yeah, out of me. Yeah, defensive line is really not that great. You know what I'm saying? I'm kind of scary about that. But when I look at the past games with Ole Miss, you go back. We supposed we we were supposed to win that game. Mm-hmm. Besides those bad calls, Alabama. We was in the game in the first half, laid down in the second half, and then what was it? Florida. Florida. We was in that game too, but. I guess we laid down in the second half as well. That's one of our biggest problems with it was last year. We'll be in games, and come second half, we just lay down, and I'm just like, that's not going to get the fan base going, man. Well, I, you know, Durant, I don't think I don't think Tennessee laid down against 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 Florida. I think you know that that drop pass that would have been a first down, and you go down and you score. That is a close one possession game on on the road versus the swamp, a team. At that time, that was that was better than Tennessee. Um, Tennessee is a team because of the depth, because of the talent. You can't make critical errors. You can't make the mistakes because the margin of error is so small. So I'll give you a couple of different examples here. Pittsburgh, we had all those penalties. Hendon had the interception when he came in, and we still was able to go down and have a chance to, to win on fourth down. And someone made a mistake, didn't block, and we did not pick up that, that, that first down. Well, when you're better and you have more talent, then you can overcome mistakes. When your opponent is not as good, you can overcome mistakes. So look at the mistakes that we made against Kentucky. Against a slightly better team than Kentucky, we lose. We lose. We lose that game. So the mistakes we made against Kentucky, you can't make it against Auburn. You can't make it against Arkansas. You can't make it against Mississippi State. You can't make it against Georgia. Um, you can't make it against those teams right now. But you, you can make the mistakes against Vanderbilt, still win by three touchdowns. You can make them against Missouri. You can make them against South Carolina. But you can't make them against quality teams and for Tennessee you have to have 10% of the mistakes you made against Kentucky if you want a serious chance of winning because again the margin of error is smaller like Tennessee was battling with Alabama battling 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 one interception one interception made it feel like Alabama beat us by 30 points, but that wasn't the case. The scoreboard looked that way, but it wasn't the case. It was one play. It was a Henry Hooker interception that that broke it open. And when you have a team that's not as talented as your opponent, like if Tennessee was more it was talented, more talented than we are right now, we had more depth, we could have been able to weather that mistake, Ben, and come back and possibly get back into the game, score, make a stop. But because we use so much energy to get to that point that mistake crushed us that's the difference between 
a team with 70 scholarships and a team with 80, 90 who are all good football players. That's the difference. Uh, we'll take a break here at the bottom of the hour. Swain event fueled by Dead End Barbecue. work can't call in don't feel bad you can talk to the guys on the text box it's part of the free swain event app top 100 barbecue restaurant dead end barbecue is a no-brainer when you are craving the smoky flavor of quality q dead end makes it easy to enjoy their fantastic menu with online ordering from chow now for pickup or if you don't feel like leaving the house then have dead end barbecue delivered right to your door by loco knoxville or bite squad Cheer on your favorite team with the best barbecue around. Check them out online at deadendbbq.com. Dead End Barbecue. The search is over. Litter is a big problem in Tennessee, but together we can do big things. We can make our cities, our waterways, our roads cleaner and safer. The Tennessee Department of Transportation is committed to reducing litter in our communities, but we need your help to do it. There are over 100 million pieces of litter in our roads at any given time, and it costs TDOT about $19 million a year just to clean it up. The first step to keeping Tennessee beautiful is to rally behind these three simple words. Nobody trashes Tennessee. Join the Nobody Trashes Tennessee movement at nobodytrashestennessee.com. Out-of-town law firms have been swarming into East Tennessee lately. Firms from Memphis, Chattanooga, and Birmingham have stormed into the area. Wouldn't you rather do business with a local law firm? You know, a true neighbor. Marcos Garza and the pros at the Garza Law Firm are just that. They are our neighbors and friends that support local causes year-round. The Garza Law Firm works to serve you professionally on criminal matters, injuries and accident matters, and Social Security and disability filings. The Garza Law Firm is here for you at GarzaLaw.com. The Garza Law Firm, let us help. J.C.'s Tree and Landscaping Service specializes in quality tree work done at an affordable price. Trimming and removing trees are their specialty. They also offer other services like land clearing, stump grinding, crane services, and all of your basic landscaping needs for both commercial and residential. JC's will give you a free estimate and beat any written quote by a competitor to guarantee that you get the lowest price around. Don't risk your land with a fly-by-night service. JC's Tree and Landscaping is licensed and insured. Give them a call at 865-599-3799. Hey, it's Men's Health Month, so make sure to get all your levels tested with a comprehensive annual health assessment at Low T Center. They exclusively specialize in men's wellness. Low T Center now offers monitored self-inject at-home testosterone treatments for just $155 a month, self-pay, or is covered by most health insurance. And they ship directly to your home. Go to LowTCenter.com now to book your appointment. That's LowTCenter.com. Low T Center, reinventing men's health care. It's Red Plastic Cop with some big news for you movie-making, content-creating video superstars. Show your mad skills. And create a video of why it's so important to keep Tennessee litter-free. It's the TSSAA No Trash November Student Video Contest. Sponsored by Nobody Trashes Tennessee. Go to nobodytrashestennessee.com slash TSSAA for details. High school and middle school students can submit their video and receive scholarships and prizes provided by TSSAA. Word, peace out. Is that still a thing? Am I being too cool for the school kids? Just asking. I just wanted to come by and congratulate you on the great work you've been doing. I like your style. You remind me of a young me. 
Failure is not an option. That boy is good. Don't remind yourself. Nobody built like you. You design yourself. Attaboy. Attaboy is brought to you by Made in Tennessee Business Fiber Internet from Iris Networks. Find business solutions for you at irisnetworksusa.com. Bring on the positivity. Attaboy is brought to you by Irish Networks. Their website, irisnetworksusa.com. That is where you will find that they specialize in fiber internet and voice. Business owners, you can benefit from 90 days of no payments when you switch over to Irish Networks. They are a Tennessee business, connecting Tennessee businesses. Ben, would you like to go first? I see what you got over there. I like it. Hendon Hooker gets today's attaboy. Heck yeah, man. There you go. That's it? What, what did he do? Well, I didn't want to go on a long dialogue. He just woke up and he was Hendon? That's 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 attaboy? Yes, he just he is Hendon Hooker. No, he's been named the semifinalist for the Davey O'Brien Award. This was announced on Tuesday, yesterday. He is one of 20 semifinalists, including five from the SEC. He is the first... Tennessee quarterback to be named a semifinalist for the award since Eric Ainge in 2006. Peyton Manning is the only Vols quarterback to ever win the award, doing so in 1997. Obviously, Hendon is in the midst of a great season, leading a high-powered offense that ranks among the top 25 nationally in points per game, total offense, and rushing offense in terms of of the other SEC quarterbacks on the list, if this will pull up. Uh, Bryce Young is obviously one of them. Uh, Stetson Bennett from Georgia. Mississippi State's Will Rogers. And Matt Corral from Ole Miss. So, big shouts out to Hendon Hooker. Deserves all the recognition coming his way. Although I hope it's not too much more recognition so that NFL teams don't continue to hear about his name. <laughs> it ain't going to matter, but hey, whatever makes makes us feel good. And if I'm Hendon, you know, I seriously consider all of my options. It's a weak, quarter, weak quarterback uh, class this year. We'll see what happens. Would be silly not to. Yep, for sure. I'm giving my attaboy to Tennessee basketball because they – um, set a record last night, 17 three-pointers. It is the most Tennessee has ever made in a game. They attempted 40, which ranks second most in school history um, behind the 50 attempts that we shot against North Carolina A&T in 2007. But 17 three-pointers, the most Tennessee has made in a game in program history. So uh, very, very noteworthy. These boys can shoot it. And actually had a little bit of a off night there in the first half, but wound up being 42.425% from three, and that'll beat most teams you play if you're shooting like that from the perimeter. So, Especially when you take 43s. <laughs> Shoot 42%, and, and you're shooting 42% as you take 40 of them. That's incredible. Yeah. And like I, I agree with what you said. It didn't even feel like Tennessee really shot the ball from deep all that well. Like, I know the stats say that they did, but just to the naked eye. And it's more so because of the first half. Viscovi was one for five in the first half. 
One one for three from three. Uh, Josiah 0 for three from three in the first half. Olivier was one for five from the field in the first half. Escovia and James were one one of five from the field in the first half. It, Victor Bailey Jr. didn't really do much last night. He had a couple threes there in the first half, two for five. But I mean, it, it took Santi until the second half it to get going. It was second half. Yep, it was second half. So I mean, it, if if they they click from tip off to to final buzzer, whew, they're they're gonna have multiple games in which they hit twenty threes this year, just because you think of so? the. the because of how many they take and because they're good shooters. They they have a team full of, of good shooters. Now, there are going to be nights in which it's going to be absolutely frustrating and in which the the ball just, just does not go in the hoop. That That's going to happen. But there's also going to be nights where they can't miss. Well, that's when Fulky, when he comes back, man, it's going to be so, so paramount for um, this team because when he gets in – you know he's going to allow Tennessee to really go f- you know, four out, one in with him inside, and you have four guys who can shoot, and that's going to open the floor for drivers and penetrators like um, like Kennedy Chandler, you know, like a Josiah Jordan James that can get to the basket, get to the cup, and finish. Um, you know, it's going to be it's going to be fun when when Folky gets back, and hopefully when he's back, he's able to you know be ready to rock and roll. Be Folky, yeah, be Folky because. We're going to have some driving lanes, man. We're going to be able to shoot that ball. Uh, it's going to be fun to see. It's going to be really, really, really fun. All right, let's, um, let's, keep, it, let's keep it going this morning. 865-255-03. Ben McKee, Jason Swain here. Um, let me look at the text box. On that text box, All right. there's a request for another attaboy, and that is to the U.S. Marine Corps because today is its birthday. Founded today. In 1775. 246 years and still going strong. So shout out to the Marines. I'm an Army guy, but shout out to the, to the Marines. Hey, all of them keep, keep me safe. I love them all. That's right. I root for everybody when they play each other. Good job, Air Force. Good job, Army. Good job, Navy. Air Force took that L this past weekend. I'm rooting for all of them. Army put the hands on Air Force. <laughs> Army put the hands on Navy next month. Yes, sir. Uh, Vaughn Mackey, I, I get it, man. I just... I wouldn't really – my my Rick Barnes um, rant, I guess you'd call it a rant, it wasn't directed to you. It just it it just reminded me that it didn't need to be said because, like, no one has really looked at it like that that I've heard and no one has said anything about it and it just needed to be said. So nothing, nothing towards you, Vault Mac, at all. You were perfect. DSG Vol says, I will be there, ready for them Vols to pull the upset. Man, I'm ready for it, too. I hope it happens. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, I'm with you, QC Rodney. Bruce Pearl, Lane Kiffin, they ain't coming back, and they don't coach here. And I'm, I'm glad, you know, Lane took shots at Tennessee and, you know, tried to embarrass Tennessee, and so you know maybe that wakes some of y'all up. Stop being in love with somebody that don't that don't even like you, <laughs> and um, maybe folks will realize that Bruce Pearl not coaching here either, and realize that he is not the ally. Um, I'm with you, Brandon Luckett. I'm with you, man. Hundred percent, hundred percent, hundred percent. Vols. 
Shores, oh, the Vol Shores, but Gulf Shores Vol says, the commentator last night even mentioned how Tennessee Athletics are in a good position across the board. Oh, yeah, man. Soccer, ladies' soccer team competing for a championship. They just won the SEC. You know, football um, is, is trending in the right direction. Some people talk about, you know, uh, Josh Heupel as being SEC Coach of the Year. And I remember when he was hired. I remember when he was hired. Folks are like, what? Josh Heupel? And listen, I, I understand like the, the initial reaction from from fans that did not know who Tennessee had tried to talk to because Danny White did a good job of not making the, t- the coaching search public and not letting Tennessee take public nose. But there was folks on the inside that knew, okay, who Tennessee was talking to. After knowing that, and then still to be able to come away with Josh Heupel, who has been the most proven head coach Tennessee has hired since Johnny Majors, it was like, all right, let's let's think about this with our heads here. Dude is proven, and he has a great offense. Okay, let's let's see where this goes. If he can do this. He can be successful. If he doesn't do this, then he won't be. And we had that talk leading up to the season. And him and his staff have surprised a lot of people. Now, you're only as good as your last game or as your last season. So this season, we have a chance to exceed expectations. But he's going to have to. Now go out and and do it again and do more. There are no take-a-deep-breath moments when you're coaching this conference. The recruiting battles are vicious. Um, But, yeah, athletics across the board, man, this is is awesome to see. Awesome to see our coaches, like our our baseball coach, man, loving up on our basketball coach, like the chemistry between – vice versa. Yeah, the chemistry between our coaches, man. Like that's – like, that's cool. That's cool. Because I remember our relationships that – this is why me and Chris Lofton to this day comes in town and we go break bread, daddy, and barbecue. Like, the relationships that you have with your teammates is one thing, but, like, the relationships and the respect level you have for guys and girls that play different sports, like, that's another level. Like, I see a Lord, Alexis Hornbuckle, like, that's, that's, my, that's, my, that's my buddy right there. Chris Lofton. I see JP Aaron CBL on Twitter or Julio Barbon. Like these are guys that play that, that play baseball when I was playing football. Like there's love and respect with different athletes inside of the athletic program. Softball. Seeing Monica Abbott do her thing. Like, we was all here on the hill at the same time. And it's it's cool to see our coaches be like that with each other. And you know the players are. So, it's a good time to be a Vol. Good time right now. Good time to be a Vol. Let's get back to the phones. We've got the one and only Dave Tona. Dave Tona, good morning. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Good morning, sir. Guys, uh, if you bear with me, I want to touch a little bit on football and I want to touch a little bit on basketball. Okay, go for it. So, so what I'm hearing from you, Swaino, is Viscovi needs to only carry one pom-pom this year and needs to play basketball the rest of the time, right? Urosh. Hmm? Urosh. 
not Viscovi. It's Uros. Is that what you're looking for? You're looking for him to put down one of the pom poms and implement himself as a basketball player? No, I just I like I like him being you know a cheerleader and an encourager and a great teammate. I just I just want to see him stop reaching and get back on defense and stop getting cheap cheap fouls because he is going to be counted on more now than he was in the past, where in the past he was just, you know, a garbage time player that we just cheered for when he made a basket um, or a rebound. But now he's older, he's a part of the rotation, and he's starting with Fulky being out. I just need for him to be smarter about picking up cheap fouls. That's that's really it, Daytona. Was yeah, that, he's, was he's, that a, he's, did you trying to make a joke? No, I, I'm being serious. I'm, oh. I'm saying that, you know, I, I know – that everybody looks at, at, at him as the best teammate, the best cheerleader for the team. And I'm just saying, just put down one of them pom-poms and play a little b-ball. No, I want him, I want him to keep, keep the pom-poms. I just want him to... I, that's, that's why I said only yeah. put down one. He can still no. keep one. Well, But, you know, you cheerleaders usually have two pom-poms. Man, he's a great encourager, man. He's a great teammate. He just... Like, and he you just, need he, that. He needs to understand need that. that he's more than that now. He's older you know, that he has more responsibility. Like, you can't pick up those cheap fouls. And number one, and number one, they hurt you. Number two, they hurt the team because they're stupid, and all you're going to do is help the other team get into a one-on-one situation and a bonus. So, like, Well, and, and he, he needs to realize, too, with as big as he is, <laughs> Russ ain't missing that reaching on him. <laughs> no, you're right about that. You're right. Uh, so I wanted to know, how did the little dude, like the 5'9 guy, uh, out of New York, how'd he do? He get some playing time last night. I'll tell you when you learn his name. Zakai Ziegler. Ziegler. Well, how how Ziegler do? Zakai Ziegler. Yeah, that guy Ziegler. <laughs> he, he did all right. I mean, he looked like a true freshman. He, he's he's going to be a, a little spark plug, the 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 energizer bunny of of this basketball team. Three points, one yeah. of five. Did have four assists. I like that he only had one turnover in in fourteen minutes. Uh, I, I I liked what I saw. I mean, nothing groundbreaking, but didn't look out of out of place either. He had a great defensive possession, man. When he forced a a, a bad shot, uh, I think it was forced a shot clock violation. Yeah, uh, against the shot clock, it was it was a great individual um, defensive effort by him. And and remember, we had Dane Bradshaw on, and we talked about. Um, the difference between having a guy like Pons as an eraser or a, a guy that's really great as a point guard defender and, you know, which one would he rather have? And he said point guard because, you know, you put pressure, ball pressure, that disrupts the whole offense. If the point guard can't get the ball yeah. to their guys to distribute, distribute it, um, he is picking up, you know, the, the, the ball handler at half court and it forces the offense to run there. Their offense, five steps outside the three-point line, and the shot clock is running down, and, you know, they got to take a bad shot. Like, give me the defensive pit bull at the point guard position, and that's what Zakai Ziegler can be. Yeah, he's he's going to be our own little Spud Webb or Muggsy Bogues, huh? I, I guess. I guess so. I guess. He's going to be a fan favorite. I, I know that. I, I'm already a big fan of him, and I've barely seen him play. I just I like his mentality. He he's a he's a pit bull he out is. there. He he to me is the closest thing Tennessee has had to Lamonte Turner since Lamonte Turner. 
and Tennessee has needed that since Lamonte Turner left. You don't you don't think uh, Devontae Gaines was like that, like mentality wise? No, never mind. Let me be quiet. I'm, but I'm, but I, I guess my point is like you need kind of a, a mixture of a pit bull and somebody who can stay on the court. Yeah, he, he's a pit bull. He just he didn't have the confidence. Correct. And pit bulls, last time I checked, have confidence. Yes, and could stay on on the floor. I did I did think it was hilarious that Zakai Ziegler attempted a corner three, and it slipped out of his hands. Oh and yeah. And they counted it as a miss, and him getting an offensive rebound. <laughs> Oh man! And then he had an assist. Mm-hmm. It, I, I think Justin Powell hit a three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All yeah, right, let's, let's go back, back to the that. phones. Was that Dave Tona? Yeah, it's just Dave Tona listening. Dave Tona, have a great day, my friend. Dave Tona with the grand grandpappy jokes today. You just never know. You just never know what Dave Tona he's trying to say. If he's trying to be funny or not. <sighs> Adam says, "Swain, what I love uh, what Hype was doing. Don't get me wrong." Hold on. Twain, I love what Hypo is doing. Don't get me wrong. All these guys are Pruitts and mostly four stars. What do you think Hypo will be able to do with three star guys coming in? Thank you, Go Vols. I don't get caught up on that on on star stuff. I really I really don't. Um there's too many examples where guys have gotten it wrong. Um, to be honest. I just can Hypo evaluate guys that's gonna help them win. That's how I look at it. And there's no way to know until they come in here and develop. So that's how I look at it. I think the transfer portal is going to be Hypo's friend like it was this past year. And you can go to the portal and go get someone who's physically more developed, who is a little bit further along uh, maturity-wise. And you can plug and play. Plug and play. So, yes, can Hypo recruit? That's the and that's the question. That's really the question about Hypo's you know long term success. Like we know, we know what he can do offensively, but it's about year in year out, every day recruiting, recruiting, recruiting. Is that something that he can do? I don't know if he can, because he hasn't done it yet. He hasn't finished his first year. So that's going to be the question. Colorado Vol says I'm here to say Uros has improved so much. That's yeah, that's I just need him to make better decisions when it comes to getting back on defense. Like he I know I know that y'all not, are not having trouble understanding understand what I'm trying to say here. Maybe it's me, but like he has gotten better, but his attempts to steal the ball in the backcourt. That, those are things he did when he first got here and he would get into the game. Then he would get called for a foul. Then he would get upset. And we thought it was funny then, right, because he wasn't playing that much. He can't do the same things because he's playing more. He's, he was starting because Folky's out. So with Folky being out, him starting, he's going to play more when Folky comes back because Folky's going to either get in foul trouble or get tired. He's going to going to play. So we can't have Uros going in there getting cheap fouls because he's more valuable now. He's more valuable. That's what I'm talking about. The decision-making has to improve along with his skill set, which has. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, 
VFL 98 says, one thing I want to see this weekend is the fans to stay in the stands until the end of the game. These players and coaches deserve it. Fans left the Ole Miss game, uh, and we still had a chance to win. So don't quit on a team that has no quit. I'm trying to process that because I understand where you're coming from. Folks are going to leave the game early. I, love- I, ha- I hate when people leave the game early. doesn't make sense to me, but to each their own. People have the right to leave early if they want to. Yep, and I'll be honest, I left the game early. Not because I, not because of how Tennessee is playing or I thought Tennessee was going to win or lose. I just got tired of people faking injuries. I didn't want to see it. So it had nothing to do with Tennessee. It had everything to do with, like, I, did, I don't want to watch f- football like that. Like, I thought both teams were disrespecting the game with, with all the fake injuries. I understand Ole Miss did it worse. I understand that Ole Miss started it. Um, and if you did a tally, it wouldn't even be close of how many fake injuries Ole Miss did. But I didn't want to see it. And I shouldn't have to. And I didn't. I didn't. I, I, watched, I watched the game on my phone and went to the house and then watched the rest of it because it was like a 20-minute delay. But I, I, understand, I understand where you're coming from. I do. These coaches and players, they do deserve it. They do deserve it. And they've gotten it from us, too. Like, our fans have been awesome with their support. Our fans have been great with their response of what these coaches and players have done. They traveled well last week. The response in the Ole Miss game, the, you know, the fans selling out the stadium, the the vol walk, like I think our fans have certainly shown their appreciation for these coaches and and these players, one hundred percent. So it's not necessarily quitting on the team. Like we don't know what you know someone's situation is to get to the game. Maybe they got a babysitter. Maybe they out of town. But I'll just be honest and tell you the reason why I left Ole Miss. Um, usually I don't, I don't leave unless like I'm, we stop playing and, and, you know, I get really, really upset. Like I did against, uh, Florida. I think that was 18. I left Florida 18. I was mad. This Florida fan was in my ear. He was, he was talking Sean Reed. I went with Sean Reed that game and man, I dude, I had to save myself before I ended up getting arrested. I was pissed. And we stopped playing, man. We stopped playing. I'm not watching the team stop playing. I ain't watching. I don't care what you say. I'm not watching a team stop playing. But if you play hard and you fighting and we, you know, we might be losing, like I'm a, I'm a, I'm a roll with you. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to stay. But if you quit, I'm not watching that. I'm not watching that. But I, f- I feel what you're saying, though. I totally understand. Totally understand. 865-255-03. Hour three is around the corner. Got some good stuff here on the text box. Ooh, this is a good one from Gulf Shore Vol. This is a good one here on the text box. Swain event. Be right back. 